as we continue on um, to invite our next speaker, I was told I may not invite them because her husband's going to do it. I said, okay. <laughs> if you want to steal my thunder, go ahead. Please welcome Mike Bond. You can't steal Pastor Rick's thunder. Are you kidding me? Uh, Amy speaks all over California, and I've only been able to introduce her twice. And so it's a privilege because one of my favorite titles for almost 24 years is Amy's husband. And, uh, and I'll tell you that I'm not going to focus on all the professional background introduction. It's not going to be a typical bio because I know her better than anybody. And you can look up perk-group.com. You can see the Perk Group and what she's done as a founder. You can look at her bio. But I'm going to tell you who Amy Bond is. She is fearless. She, yes. She is powerful. And she's from Arkansas. So her parents are probably watching online in, in Arkansas. That was just a joke. Um, I'm from San Francisco. I'm a third generation Californian. And I never dreamed that I'd meet this amazing woman from Little Rock, Arkansas. And she had never lived outside of Arkansas. When I met her, she was 19 and I was 22. And I discovered, people ask me that she'll speak in front of audiences or she'll do interviews. And I'm like, wow, she's so incredible. Did, did you imagine this? I said, yeah, because I saw it when she was 19. And I'm not surprised. She's just breaking open. And it is phenomenal to be able to see this woman who I know break open in front of everyone and be able to serve because that's her heart. She didn't ask to be the president of Perk. She didn't ask to be in the freedom fight. It's just, she will never sit on the sideline, ever. I'm exhausted, <laughs> in a good way. But I'll tell you, when I met Amy, we were serving youth up and down the, you know, the nation. We were part of a youth program. We were youth counselors in college. We were at two different universities. And everyone loved her. And I started to fall in love with her. <laughs> And I will tell you, I had known a lot of people. I had met a lot of people. I had dated people. But after I started to get to know Amy, I could not imagine not being around her. And then we fell in love. And I'll tell you, fast forward to the time that we got engaged, there were a lot of people in our lives that we thought, oh, you could probably live with them forever. But for her, I knew I couldn't live without her. And not in a codependent way but in a way of awe. She's not perfect, but she's perfect for me. And she's perfect to step in the line that she's in right now to be a leader. Her background is multifaceted. She chose, after working at Wells Fargo Bank, she chose when our first son was born to be a full-time stay-at-home mom. And so for 17 years, I was the one working. And we had two more children, so our kids, our boys are 19 and 15, and our daughter is 11. And I will tell you, this woman, fearless, she gave natural birth. She wouldn't even take Tylenol. That's her. 
She, that is who she is. Everything she does, she does it with courage, she does it with fight, she does it with power. And I will tell you, you have no idea what she's been through. She's been through surgeries and injuries. She was bedridden for weeks and weeks and, and really months. She couldn't walk or talk from injuries just six years ago. And so she knows how to fight and she knows how to win. And that's what's happening right now in this movement and in her leadership and the people that come around her. She likes to be around principled-centered winners. And that's why she married me. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but I, <laughs> so I will say this. The woman you hear speak right now, she is coming not just with her story, but she feels in her heart the stories of the children who don't have voices. She's always been that way. She doesn't just care about our children, she's an amazing mom. And now that she works so much with Perk, I'm the domestic house husband, um, and I love it. But I learned how to do it because I watched her. And I think you can read between the lines of all the things, all the, the discernment and the fire and the power and the ability to get back up when you fall back down and get back up again and fight again and fight again and troubleshoot. She's a problem solver. She's a doer. And that is the best introduction that I could give because we need more of that. And I know we have a lot of that here. And I am just very grateful that as I come up on this Thanksgiving, I'm thinking about our 24 years together and our three beautiful kids and then all these wonderful friends that have come because she's walking in the light of her calling and I am right there with her hand in hand. There is no her without me or me without her. And that's why I'm grateful that I get to introduce you to you tonight, Amy Bond. So I'm not perfect. You haven't been telling me the truth for 23 years. <laughs> Thank you, Mike. Um, well, he almost made me cry. I don't usually cry till the very end. So, and then Joseph Botarinko and Pastor Rob and Pastor Rick, I just thank you so much. It's just so incredible to be surrounded by so much goodness, right? This uplifting, the faith, the prayers, the love. I. I am so grateful to be here. Hello, everybody. I'm like looking, nice to see you. <laughs> thank you for the one person that clapped for that. Um, I have to say thank you so much to Del Bigtree for flying all the way back to California <laughs> from Texas. I know that we cannot wait to hear what you have to say and what you have to share and what a warrior you have been and are for freedom across this entire country and across the world. So that's okay. We won't call you a hero. We'll call you a friend. How about that? So we can't wait for that. Now, um, also, I want to thank Pastor Rick, Pastor Rob, for letting, and the whole Godspeak team. Thank you so much for letting us have this event here tonight. It takes a lot to pull this off, so thank you. And to the Perk team, you guys, you guys know all the things that you do every day. Thank you so much. So with that being said, I have to tell you, as the president of Perk, I'm also a mom, but I'm also the president of Perk, and uh, our 15-year-old son, who is a teenager, decided to 
test me and come up with some ideas for some petitions. We run petitions, right? We do, you know, advocacy and we do all kinds of things out there, including petitions. Well, he came up to me uh, just a few months ago and he said, Mom, I have a few ideas for you. And I said, okay, what is it? And he said, would you be willing as the president of PERC, he invoked my title, president of PERC, to sign two petitions? And I said, okay. I looked at him and I thought, hmm, what petition am I signing? And he said, the first petition is, I think that short people should be illegal. <laughs> he said, I believe short people cause more problems than normal sized people. And I looked at him and I was like, okay. And he said, and also short people are angry. <laughs> and then he said, short people should be placed in their own country called the short republic. And I said, are you sure? And he goes, I know other people are going to agree with me because I'm a humanitarian activist. I said, okay, well, if that's your first petition, by the way, that's a joke, everybody, just in case. Okay, just making sure. What's your second petition? And he said, my second petition is this, Mom. I believe that men should not have to pee. They should not have the right to pee because it's a privilege. Okay. <laughs> Thank you to our teenage son. I guess we're making an impact with even the teenagers if they're coming up with petitions, even if they don't make any sense about short people. <laughs> so that being said, you know, I've had a lot of thoughts about what to share with you tonight. And one of the things that have been, has been weighing on my mind is what is the state of liberty? What's the state of liberty in California? What's the state of liberty in this world? And that being said, I thought a lot also, this will make sense throughout the presentation, about biometrics and what is the role of freedom connected with our biometrics. That's an interesting question to be thinking about. So I'm, I've learned how to use a clicker since last time, everybody. Okay, we're good. All right, so liberty in California. How are we doing with liberty in California, everybody? Are we on a scale of one to ten? Okay, no, not so good. Are you sure? So, is this a trick question? <laughs> yes, no, it is. Well, okay, in California, you all know because you've lived here, those of you that have left us, we're very, very sad that you've left, no. But those of you that have lived here, you have experienced firsthand what it's like to have your liberty taken away from you, haven't you? You've experienced firsthand what it's like to walk into a normal place like a church or a grocery store or a school, or an emergency center, an urgent care, and have them kick you out because you either wouldn't do something they asked you to do, you wouldn't wear a mask, you, you know, whatever the thing was, right? They locked the schools down, they closed them down. You all know what it's like to live here. And liberty is on the line in California. We saw this year the most extreme bills and policies that we've ever seen in the history of California, and actually, it was, it was the most extreme bills we've ever seen across the entire country. My water bottle was just like, you know, showing you how important this was. Um, and these mandates were just so oppressive and crushing to the people. And it was God speak and these pastors who opened up their doors to this church, and they let everybody come here. It didn't matter if you believed in God. It didn't matter if you're an atheist. You could be a surfer. It didn't matter. It was a, 
right? Did I get it again? <laughs> it became a gathering place for all of us to be here in a time of trouble. And unfortunately, that time of trouble is not over yet. We know that, right? We understand that, and we have to be eyes wide open so that we can know what actions to take. If we don't know what's coming, if we don't understand this, if we don't see it clearly, then how can you effectively fight it? And so that's part of our role, is to show everybody, to speak the truth so that together we understand what's happening in California. So there are definitely bills and laws that have been, you know, guys, you guys saw all of the bills that were introduced. We also have the mandates. And have you guys heard what's happening in Orange County right now? Okay, so they're trying to declare another emergency, right? Bring back those mandates, bring back the lockdowns, all for RSV, okay? But the other things I want you to know about, and this is something I'm not going to spend as much time on, but I do think it's important for you to know, that in just Orange County, they actually are setting up these gender reassignment clinics with the children. What they're doing is in school, okay, everybody, inside the school, they have these school counselors that are dedicated to giving counseling to minors about this. And when those minors are unsure and have uncertainty in this category, they then, through the counselors and support plan, are referred to clinics to reassign and change their gender. That is happening in Orange County, which is supposed to be like a little better than LA, right? But that's one of the things that's on my mind. I'm very, very concerned about this. And when I started to look into it, I decided to, you know what? We're gonna have to follow the money on this one because usually when these types of things happen, it's always connected to some kind of big money or funds. Before I do that, Carrie, are you here? Where are you? Let me see, okay. In, in our own school district, in our own county, we were facing these issues as well. And so we decided, as you all know, to file a lawsuit, the first one in the state of California. And I want to have Carrie stand up. This is one of the plaintiffs and one of the parents that has been fighting for the children. She has been fearless at those school board meetings in the midst of them harassing, discriminating, really isolating her and trying to call her a liar, all kinds of things, but instead, she and other parents, many of you actually, have showed up over and over and over again for this fight. The fight is not over. This is just the beginning on this issue. Nobody wants to talk about it. It's like, don't talk about it. Don't touch this issue. But that's exactly why we need to talk about it. This is exactly why we have to make sure that we understand it. Because our children are the ones that are experiencing this. They're facing this. And if we don't talk about it, then we're cowards. Okay, so this generation, us, I mean the parents, I mean the aunts, the uncles, the, the grandparents, the godfather, the godmothers, this is something we've got to be able to be louder and more effective and more loving with the children and be there at this crossroad, okay? So that being said, I want us to follow the money. Do you guys know how much money this industry is right now? In 2021, 
$1.9 billion was the value or the worth of this industry. $1.9 billion. That's in 2021. So, that being said, I'm going to raise the warning that I raised last time, that we have to be on guard for our children, for this generation of children across this entire country, because California, what happens here, it goes across the country. So we have to make sure that we're holding strong here. Now, I am a mother. I am a woman. I am a wife. I gave birth to three children, and I, why can't I say that? I can say that. I am a woman. <laughs> why is it that, that you applauded for that? <laughs> I, you know, that's, where, well, that's how crazy this is right now. All right, so. You already saw the laws that happened and were introduced this past year. You guys know that we fought very, very hard. We fought side by side with groups like ICANN. They were amazing at just the right time when we needed the legal support, the help, the, the amplifying of the message of what was happening here in California, that they got the message out to millions of people. Thank you. That was because of them. And then side by side with you, you took action after action after action after action over the course of months, and you stood by our side until that many bills were defeated. Seven bills in California? That is so incredible. This actually was historic. That being said, they're going to be coming back, okay? So they are relentless, they are persistent, and they are going to be bringing many of these bills back. They're going to come back in some form or another. They might split them apart. They might have one bill be split into two. We know that. So we're going to, we're going to be prepared for that. And I'm asking you to just remember this, too, that with the COVID vaccine in children, the CDC recommends now that it be added to the childhood vaccine schedule as young as six-month-old babies. And, and if you forgot to, if you missed this part, everyone, you can also get the COVID vaccine on the same day, just in a different arm, don't worry, as other vaccines. Same day for babies. So I actually really wish that Gavin Newsom was like listening right now, because if he was listening or those health departments, what I want them to know is this, we aren't going away. We are fighting back. We're going to keep coming back every action. We're going to defeat them in the courts. We're going to win at the Capitol again. We're not going to stop fighting because enough is enough. We are not going to just go back. Yeah, we're a little tired. It's really kind of been crazy the past year or two or longer in California. But that doesn't mean we give up. We actually need to just, doesn't, doesn't mean we have to fight um, harder. It just means we fight smart, right? We get how to do this now. So I want you to know that we're going to keep fighting and making sure that we are ready for this next battle. That being said, what is the state of liberty in the world? How are we doing in liberty in the world? Vera's like, is not very good right now. <laughs> that, okay. We are, there's a lot of challenges happening around the entire globe right now. 
And while I am going to focus on some these things, by the way, I'm wearing a, a black dress because it's like morning. Like I feel like this is a funeral talking to you about all these things. But the thing is, is we have to know what's happening. We have to make sure we have eyes wide open to this. So there is an initiative called Infuse that is all about tracking babies at birth with digital IDs. And that tracking of babies at birth, the intent behind that, it's set up through the Gavi Alliance, um, the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. I'm sure that's not a surprise to you. But the whole point of this is creating digital IDs for children, for kids, for babies. And the Infuse initiative is all centered in doing this at birth, at the very, very beginning, so that they are registered. And with that, it means that they allow children access to education or bank services or life depending on their vaccination status. Okay, this is something happening in the world through really big organizations with a lot of money, actually probably endless funds. And so we have to know that this is where they start, everyone. They start with children. They start with the most vulnerable. This is what they do in California. They start at the schools. So babies, this infuse initiative. But that's not all. They often tell us what's coming if we pay attention, right? Just look back a couple of years to, you know, reports, um, to, you know, their quotes, their articles, and before you know it, we see what's happening. So here you have, um, you guys know this name, this who this is, right? Klaus Schwab. Is that how you say it? Klaus Schwab. I feel like calling him Dr. Evil, like, you know. But here he says, what the fourth industrial revolution will lead to is a fusion of our physical, our digital, and our biological identities. A fusion of all of that. So this is where I want to go tonight. I want to talk about biometrics for just a minute. Biometrics, you guys all understand what this is, right? It's your eyes. It's your DNA. It's everything that makes up the unique person that you are. The pattern of your eyes your ears, the way that you walk, all those things are you. It's what makes you, you. So why are biometrics so important in our fight for freedom right now? It's because everything related to biometrics to you, they are trying to attach to a digital ID. That's what they're trying to do with your biometrics. And I'm going to show you. So Microsoft has a patent for cryptocurrency that is connected to your body data. What is your body data? That's your biometrics. It can be connected to your ability to pay for things, to have money, a bank account, your financials. This is a patent that they already have, everyone, from several years ago. Cryptocurrency connected to your body data. They go further than that. Have you ever heard of the IOB, the Internet of Bodies? Raise your hand if you've ever heard of that. Okay. Raise your hand if you've heard of it as of tonight. Okay, good. All right, we've got some progress. For the 10 people now, we have the entire room that's heard this word. The reason why I want to share this with you is because the Internet of Bodies is where they want to go with all of your biometrics, okay? 
So the Internet of Bodies is essentially an entire ecosystem where it's connecting everything in your body to be monitored, analyzed, possibly change and modify your behavior through sensors, through implants, through digestible sensors, through implantable things under your skin. That's what this is, the Internet of Bodies and all of it being connected. So I decided, okay, I'm going to follow the money on this one too. Let's take a look at what this is. How much is the biometric industry worth right now? How much is it worth? I'm going to quiz you for a second. How much is it worth? Trill okay, trillions. Go a little lower than trillions. They're like, <laughs> a dollar? No. Okay. So this is where we're at right now. Is biometric industry is $49 billion right now. Okay. In 2027, they expect and estimate the value of that industry is going to be $107 billion. So, why am I talking about this? Because those laws, the bills, all the things, the policies, the health orders, this lockdown, all of it are connected to this. If you don't believe me, you believe me, right? Okay, good. Just making sure. All right. So this is, they actually talked about it early on. Your biometrics, the digital ID, digital currency, it's all connected. They went on to admit that biometric systems would stay in place long after the COVID-19 pandemic was over and would be exploited for an array of purposes. For tech oligarchs such as Bill Gates, and neoliberal institutions such as the World Economic Forum, digital ID and digital currency systems have already enabled, listen to this, enabled the extraction of the unbelievable profits of the global south where hundreds of millions of people remain unbanked and therefore outside the sphere of electronic payment systems. Look at the other one, the other quote on the far left. For these elite interests, the digitization of immunity passports represents a critical tool in a long-planned economic and political transformation. That has nothing to do with health. Nothing. It has nothing to do with justice. Nothing to do with liberty. Nothing to do with trying to save grandma or children or anything. Has nothing to do with PCR tests or any of the stuff or masks. It has everything to do with this. This is their plan. They have made it very clear. Vaccine certificates, the whole field of digital IDs will be driven by this by vaccine certificates, these vaccine passports. So it's not just about COVID, it's about something so much bigger. And this is what it is. They actually told us this, you guys, that the vaccine passports were the precursor. That was the thing that was before digital IDs, digital ID wallets. It's all connected. I feel like you guys are gonna go home crying tonight. <laughs> I'm a little worried about that. Okay, when you watch the high wire, sometimes I cry a little bit after the high wire with all the good news, bad news. <laughs> all right, so here we have Profusa. Now, I talked about this once before, but I want to mention it again. 
So Profusa is a biosensor that was created under DARPA. DARPA is under the Department of Defense. So this is totally funded by DARPA, Department of Defense, and the NIH, and we think Google too, all right? Profusa, what is it? Well, it's actually a biosensor that goes under your skin and it's connected with your body data, your biometrics, to your smartphone. And your smartphone, remember what we talked about in a couple, just a few minutes ago, that patent for cryptocurrency? Well, guess what? If you have a biosensor that's connected to your body data, connected to your smartphone, and connected to your cryptocurrency, that controls everything in your life. Take a big deep breath, everybody. Okay. <laughs> it's like time for yoga or something. All right. So did you see the news this past week about New York? What happened in New York? Well, they are actually launching the first digital do dollar pilot program with the big banks. That's literally right now, everyone. It just happened, okay? And so the point is this. They don't want to just scan your smartphone QR code. They want to scan you. They want to scan all of you to make sure that they can ensure that everything that you have access to is controlled. This is the heart of it. Your biometrics is directly connected with every ounce of this digital ID, this digital ID system, these digital ID wallets. And look, it's everything. They've already said this in numerous places, that it would control your services, your banks, your ability to travel, to go across to other countries. It would impact your ability to access food, water, energy, lights, everything, education, work, all of it, all of it connected to something that you can't falsify. You can't change the way that your biometrics are read, right? You can't change your DNA. Well, mRNA, <laughs> don't know. But I want you to hear it for yourself, Micah. This just so happened. let's have a digital health certificate acknowledged by WHO if you have been vaccinated or tested properly, then you can move around. So for the next pandemic, instead of stopping the movement of the people 100%, which clogged the economy globally, you know, you can still provide some movement of the people. Indonesia has achieved, G20 country has agreed to have this digital certificate using WHO standard, and we will submit into the next the, uh, World Health Assembly in Geneva as the revision to international health regulation. So hopefully for the next pandemic, we can still see some movement of the people, some movement of the goods, and movement of the economy. Do you see it? This is as clear as the blue sky. The next pandemic, control your movements, starting with this digital health certificate that is standard, is lifted up by the WHO. 
This is all connected because this is what they want to do. The digital ID determines what products, services, and information we can access, or conversely, what is closed off for, for us or to us. They already are they're telling us what's coming, everybody. So with that being said, you guys know that PERC is an organization. We never back down on a fight, ever. We're not afraid. And I really mean that. We're not afraid. And we are here with another initiative that we're launching, like right now, <laughs> like right now, actually right here, um, it's going to be a national initiative. So, and it is, it's all based on what I just shared with you. What we're going to be doing is we are going to be going across the country, working with um, donors, working with key organizations, and we are going to be working on protecting your biometrics to make sure that they are owned by you. <laughs> that your DNA is owned by you. And that for once and for all, we start really protecting bodily autonomy and constitutions across the country. I know it's not a small task. I know that. And my team knows that too. But we're not afraid to get it started. Because if we don't do something because we think it's too big or we just can't do it, then we don't move that ball forward. So we are going to be working on this. We are we're going to, actually, I know a couple of the states we're going to start in, and we already have some key uh, people in place to help us get this started. So it is something It's going to take time. It's probably going to take a few years, not just like, here's a month, then it's done. It's going to take some time. But with that being said, too, I really, our, my team and I, we really feel like it's time for us to go up to Washington, D.C., and really start educating them about the 1986, 86, <laughs> how did that come out like that? <laughs> the 1986 Act. It's time for them to understand it so that we can actually have some solutions on that one as well. That being said, the last thing I want to share with you is, I don't know, like, I kind of feel like I've given you so much like, like information, but I feel like you need to know this. I feel like you, if you know what's happening, what's on the horizon, then you're ready for it, right? We're ready to fight it together. And that, my last thing I want to share with you is this. Liberty and the divine, what does that mean? During SB 866, during this past year, you guys, you realize California doesn't win these kinds of things. Usually we've lost in California in years past. But this year was different. For the first time in California's history, we actually defeated bill after bill after bill, and it came down to the wire literally the last day, and we defeated SB 866, which was that bill. Yeah, it's okay, yeah. <laughs> that would have allowed minors, 12-year-olds and, 12 and up, to consent to vaccination without their mom and dad's consent or knowledge at all or permission, but we defeated it. But I wanted, my point is not actually just that, that we defeated it. My point is this, that process to get there, we didn't actually know what to do every day, to be honest with you. We had ideas, we had strategies, we were pushing them forward, we were trying this, we were trying that, we you know, had all this multi-pronged um, approach. But that being said, there were some days where we just weren't quite sure how we're going to defeat this bill, but all along, in my heart, in my team's heart, in my husband, all of us, we really genuinely believed we could do it. 
We believed from the, from the very beginning that we actually could defeat that bill. We could defeat all of them. We can win in California. You can call me crazy. I'm okay with that. But not only can we win in California, but we did win in California this time. And on the, the day, so right after we had found out we had defeated the bill, SB 866, my husband and I flew to Utah because a family member had passed away. So it was quick. We went from Sacramento to Utah. I don't know. Like, it was just super fast. But when we got there, we were visiting my husband's um, mom, mother and father's gravesite. His parents died young when he was younger or well he was he's an adult orphan and we were visiting their gravesite and my parents happened to be with us on this trip too so we had my parents with me in person and mike's parents we were at the cemetery um, where the gravesite was and we were walking along the path and we looked up and my dad don't make me cry mike <laughs> my dad looked up and he said look at that and i looked up and it was the most beautiful light just shining through the flag at the cemetery. The sun was setting, and it was just this absolutely breathtaking moment. And he said, Amy, my dad said, Amy, this is the God flag. It's like, this is the God flag. And for me, what that meant was everything. We got this because God is with us. And I was thinking about this year and SB 866 and the, you know, Sacramento and all this stuff. And I just had this absolutely overwhelming peace that not only can we do this, but that God is with us. Those times when I wasn't sure, what do we do? Like, how do you defeat the Sacramento? Like, how do you win against that? We are up against billions of dollars of budgets and corruption that runs so deep we can't even see all of it. And even in that, it's the reason we could win and defeat these bills for the children, for the people, for you, is because there was inspiration, the divine moving in and through us with other people all throughout this time. We came to California in 2018, and in the midst of that, I had a brain injury, spinal cord injury, life, I couldn't do this, I couldn't even talk, I didn't do any of this. And yet, here we are right now, and I know we were meant to come here. And I just want you to know that this fight, the biometric stuff, all that, that's so you understand it. Pray about it. Fight with us. And please, for heaven's sakes, just realize that when we come together to solve these big problems, we actually can. We can fight it. We can defeat it. We've got light on our side. We have faith. We have people. We have the right people at the right time in the right place. And so thank you so much for standing alongside us. Thank you.